How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Good afternoon, wherever you are in the world listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining. My name is Jamie Tyler, as always, your co-host of the Trainer Revenue Multiplier podcast. Trainer Revenue Multiplier podcast. Ooh, wow. wow. Oh, you can't forget that we're going to multiply your revenue. We're not just going to give it to you. We're going to multiply it. Oh. And I'm with you, uh, joined so ecstatically by Jeff Black, who has many titles. What is the first one you go with? Book Daddy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Book Daddy. Hashtag Book Daddy is what okay. it is. But you're also a real daddy. Yep, I am. That's probably the one thing I didn't want to do in my life, but it's been the one thing I have not been actually bad at. So, <laughs> but I, you also run Iron House Gym, so you're mm-hmm. a daddy, and you do that quite successfully. Yeah, I got an amazing team around me uh, who understands what leadership is and understands what it's like to actually build a culture you know like i had a meeting with my team a few weeks ago and i said i realized i don't do well out there anymore and i need to figure out how i'm going to maintain this for myself so hopefully you all agree with me that you're a misfit like me at heart and you just want to be on the same island with the pirate flag with me and that's kind of where i i stuck my claim and have sailed forward since oh jeff we could just we could just dive into that analogy for half an hour but We are going to go into one of your favorite topics, which is power. Yeah, right. Of course, I chose I chose power and client retention over leadership because I want to give that one a a break for a minute. And I believe that's the last thing we talked about. But tell me why power is so like, why is that still always your first go to when it comes to like Jeff Black's favorite topics? It's because I think people don't understand how to properly utilize it to make their life better. And what I mean by that is there's always a struggle. Like majority, I don't know, I've gotten, this year has been a very interesting year for me. Like I've read over 120 books. I hit a milestone. I just finished Jordan Peterson maps meeting, which he actually talks about power in it as well from an authority standpoint. And most people break with that, but I've, I've just had this, this very interesting year where I've watched a lot of coaches underneath me, really not understand that what they thought I was maybe exerting power. It was more me exerting influence. And there's a confusion between the two, right? People don't understand they're intertwined. Do you want to define power versus influence? Because especially in the age of so many CEOs, so many influencers with a capital I, influencers with a lowercase I, I think the lines get blurred. So how do you differentiate between power and influence? So it's really easy for me. Power is position-based leadership. It's just positional. I have power because I am in this position. The ones who manage to really transcend their business are the ones who move from position to permission leadership, at which point in that permission is where you get influence. The root is, yes, leadership, but there's two different ways out is what I think of it. And majority of people just assume, like, if you don't go into... Let me say it like this. If I bring a coach onto my team, you have to start asking yourself, this is something I'm going to get really better at doing. What lens does this person view me through in a sense of power? Do they view me as authority power? Do they view me as permission-based power, basically influence? 
or is it production? And I think there's a massive disconnect between it all because people think like when you give them feedback, like if I'm like, like you talked about that earlier today, Jamie, when we were on platinum, the feedback you get, how you, how you chew on it. Right. Like I have a, I don't chew on it really well. I'm not the best at it. Um, but it's one of those that is very, very eye opening when it happens and you're able to sit back and ask yourself, well, why did that person view me that way? I think it's because people have this natural tendency to look at power as a controlling thing from a negative standpoint, not understanding that it's actually a positive, depending upon how you try to wield it. So what I find super interesting, because I wanted to bring up the 48 laws of power in case we discuss specific ones. And when I just typed 48 laws of power, Robert Greene into Google, the one of the first two lines on the Wikipedia page, Jeff, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you would find it interesting. It said it sold over like 1.2 million copies. Uh, it is most popular with celebrities and prison inmates. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, it makes sense though, because I remember when I read that book, you know, you had talked about it in one of your presentations. It was, I had already ordered it. Remember it was sitting on my shelf and I said, you know, I'm going to read that book because of you. But when you read it, he gives you the introduction. He's basically telling you like the dark psychology that really goes on. And that's hard for people to understand. I think that's what paralyzes people in business. They don't understand that there's always this dichotomous flow that's going on inside your business. For every good action you do, there can be a perceived negative action. And that's what he was talking about in the 48 Laws of Power. Like a good one, conceal your intentions. I can't tell you how much that really paid off for me in 2021 without sounding like a real huge butthead on this podcast. Like, you know what I mean? But by learning that law and understanding what it was like and realizing, you know, maybe not everyone's my friend. Maybe everyone in my space is, is for me. Like they root for me. Maybe I should be a little bit quieter. Maybe I should be a little bit more strategic in what I say. And kind of it opened up my mind to an area that I didn't want to go. But once I went there, I was able to see other people's perspectives a lot better. Okay, which brings me to one that I love. And it's, uh, one second, I just thought, pretend to be like them. Yeah. Right? So similar. But it's not, again, so I equate power to education. Nothing is either good or bad, but how you use it is what gives it that connotation because Hitler had a boatload of education as it related to the psychology of marketing. Uh-huh, 100%. But the average Harvard Business School graduate probably uses their education in a positive way, right? So biz- even business education could go in completely different ways. So don't be like them could be perceived as like, or pretend to be like them rather, you know, ooh, like undercover boss your way in, in order to see what they're seeing, to feel how they're feeling in order to make a change for the betterment of the company or pretend to be like them, sneak in, get the Intel recon mission, and then get the hell out. I don't think people not need know how to seduce anymore. Okay. We're going to that book. Okay. All right. No, go ahead. No, because it, it rolls into power. If you think about it, power seduces, right? Like when he talked about that, the truth in personal training, and this is something that this industry has just got to get better about, is that you are on a pedestal at all times and people are looking at you for answers in terms of the role that they are putting you in. You know, you got basketball players who make mistakes like NBA, for example, 
And their first statement is, I didn't ask you all to follow me. Well, guess what? Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So as a coach, you got to realize what you put out there in space is a real phenomenon. That's how they're viewing you. You have to seduce them. And people, when they see that, they, they don't really understand that anymore. And I think it's because you know, I could go down a, mo- a big rabbit hole with you on this, but I think modern psychology has maybe failed business owners to some degree because everywhere it's your boundaries and you should work less and you should, you know, the moment that you get a, a, an iPhone, you have this amazing camera and everyone wants to hear what you have to say. It's not the case at all. And I think when it comes to business, you get a lot of people who get into it and they think it's really one way and they only understand the positive side. They only see the positive side. They don't see the negative side. They don't see when someone betrays you. They don't see when someone gives you feedback that you don't like. They don't see any of that. And I think that if you're going to be in a position in this fitness space, because a lot of our stuff we talk about is fitness, you need to learn how to seduce people, but most importantly, seduce yourself. Okay. What is that? How? Okay. How does one seduce oneself, Jeff? Oh, I'll be honest. I, I, I think it comes down to routine. I think it comes down to understanding of who you are, um, an understanding of what you stand for, who you really want to be, and being able to fall in love with that every single day. Okay. And on days you don't, do we fake it till we make it? Or do we just come by it honestly and say, today's not my day? I come by it honestly and say, today's not my day. All right. I like that. I like that. People want transparency. No one wants to be transparent. I go part, you know, I could go take a picture in front of a Lambo and people might believe it's mine because they think I have success, but that's not really the case at all. I was just next to a a Lambo and managed to put it off as mine. And I think that again, like, you know, you go back, when you look at all this stuff in power, social media gives you a skewed view of power. I mean, the right hashtag at the right moment with the right story can set a fire to the people's hearts and soul. How do you do that to be able to build your business? That's the benefit of power. I totally agree. And again, in order to bring it back to trainers, and I guess we can tie in social media is what we talk about super commonly in TRM is that the continuum of relatability and credibility, which definitely speaks to power versus influence, Uh right? We have so many people in TRM who might come in with uh, more letters after their name than I have in my name. But it just makes them infinitely credible. And to, to their audience, that might be power, right? There is power in education. There's power in higher level education. But I'm completely, you know, you mentioned the word transparency. I talk about my anxiety ad nauseum. I am infinitely relatable specifically to my target market. Mm-hmm. Advantages and disadvantages to both. I'll be honest with you. I don't see any disadvantage because you get to put your head nicely on your pillow every night knowing you are who you are no matter what. I think the advantage is you live in your perfect self and your perfect moment and your every day is just you being you. And I think most people struggle with that. If you're going to develop a brand in the fitness industry or even in the health industry, it's because all these, you can be anything you want now in this space. It seems. Yeah. Um, I think you have to ask yourself, One, you know, like, are you willing to go the distance and always be transparent? But number two, are you really like, if someone ran across you in public, would you be who you really are? Would the power of the social media lens differentiate between you in real life and the lens of social media? Because that's the power of the lens that we're always viewing stuff through. 
So that scenario specifically ties in perfectly to your part B, which was client retention. Okay. I guess to start with client retention, we have to think about why clients leave us in the first place, right? How do we retain, if they want to leave, why do they leave us? Well, I think sometimes it's just personality. Sometimes it's just the person. Not a good fit. You, you know, I can talk to someone on the phone and let's just be honest with, you know, me and you've been doing it a long time. We sometimes know, and we'll still be like, you know what? But I really like her story and I really want to believe in her. And I really believe that Julie's the girl for me. And then about a month in, you're like, oh, hell, Julie, like, why? Like, you know what I mean? So you got some of that. You kick that out. And I think it's really your client. I, I think the education in the fitness space is the biggest holdback for client success. Because here's the deal. When a client gets you on the phone, or you already get a client on the phone, let me say it that way, they've already bought into you. There's already, they're already giving you power. They're already saying you have influence over me. You yeah. already have those two sold. You've just got to be like, I've got the product, the vehicle to get you through your pain to your solution. And I think that most clients, they understand that you can give them the solution, but they're lost on your way of educating them to the solution. And I think client retention shows that. So if we fail in the process rather than the progress, we will lose them. I agree. And I'll be honest with you. I'll go right back to my boundaries thing. You know, I mean, I have over a hundred clients every month on residual auto pay, which is hard to do in the fitness space. The reason I built that is primarily all through referrals. It means that my boundaries in some areas are lax. Like, you know, if a client messages me on Monday, I'm not like, you know what? No, check-in day is Thursday. Yeah, just pull your questions in. I'm going to answer it. And I've had some of my, you know, we could go over, we could go over methods that enhance client retention that I've seen. Yeah. But for the most part, it's that extra little touch. Like I've had clients who will be like, thank you so much for just taking that extra minute to really explain that out. Like I'll have my whiteboard back here and I'll walk out like hypoadrenalism and just all this weird stuff for people. But they appreciate that. And I think that you're in a certain, when you're in a service industry like this, you're getting paid to offer them solutions. If you're not giving the education to the solution, they're going to leave. I mean, I say it all the time. We are not personal trainers. We're, so, we're problem solvers in the fitness industry. Right? My accountant isn't an accountant. She's like a money problem. She solves my money problems. Yep. Same with my financial advisor. He's not a financial advisor. He solves the problem of my tax planning and my retirement planning. Yep. hundred percent. And I think that let's, if you're, if you're going to be a CEO and you're going to grow, let's say a training brand or CEO of just yourself and scale, your job as a CEO is not to do everything great. It's to understand where you suck and then go read about it. Understand enough to go have conversations to find who you think will be good enough to handle that for you. And then say, how about it? Catch up with you in a quarter. You know what I mean? I'll throw it on to the next thing. And that's where power gets people stuck, right? In the client retention thing, because you're having to give, you're having to give it away. And meanwhile, your books are getting burying you. Your clients are burying you. You got to understand that power dichotomy in terms of uh, client retention. I think that's a big one. So you brought up an amazing point. And one of the things that I, I mean, I think power, again, it goes back to relatability and credibility. What do your clients want from you? I want to be like the person I see in power. And to me, the highest level is time management. Yep. That's what resonates with me the most. Unlike people who see people in leadership and to them, people management 
is their definition of, of a powerful leader to me. Someone who is powerful is someone who can manage their time because it's a fleeting currency that you don't get back. Uh-huh. I tell every coach that I work with, and I think we actually talked about this in the TRM one that I was in, not too, uh, like last year was in 10K. The ability to be disciplined to your desk will decide your success yeah. in this space. Yep. Really well, because if you can't be disciplined in your time, you're not going to retain those clients. Right. Okay. So I was just about to bring it back to client retention. If you are not disciplined to your desk and you tell your clients Monday, Thursday are their only check-in day, but you've managed to overwhelm yourself on a Thursday, you get back to them Friday, maybe even Saturday morning, you've lost your power. You've lost, given it away. You've given it away to the gods of time. You've given it away to your clients. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you guys like this hack. So in terms of client retention, this is something I have done. So in my heart, I am like Nick Saban. I do not think I should go down there and get my clients out of bed and be like, all right, let's go get a 5 a.m. workout. Let's go do it. You know, I am not one of them. I feel like a client, it's a big boy, big girl program. They pay me a certain amount of money that comes out every month. They should be seeing that. It should be a reminder, right? But I had this very interesting moment this month, uh, a couple months ago, where I put a post up that said, if you hired a coach and you expected the coach to check in on you, you should have hired a babysitter. I love that. I didn't take it personal though. And he didn't check in. And then I reached out to him after three weeks, after like two weeks. I know I've always had like a back in my head, a two to three weeks. Because life life comes at you fast, man. And he goes, oh no, I saw your post and I thought it was about me. So I just didn't check in and would wait to see how long it would be for you. One, that's highly immature. But two, you know what? I was like, I wonder if my other clients kind of maybe thought that. So I started thinking about it. And then what I did was I'm 41. I'm not good at tech. I had to get on Google and YouTube and figure out how to create a contact list. So what I did was I created a contact list and it's called check-in group. And I added every single damn client to it. And then I typed out, please check in at this day, by this time, this way of doing it. I copy and I paste it. And I do a loom video. And I'm like, all right, guys, it's separation season. We're in December. We're going to walk into 2022 better. 60 seconds, I send it. My check-ins have flown up. I've got so many people that are like rebought in, refired up. <clears throat> and at the price point, it's just an extra little service thing. And that lets you know someone like me, 16 years doing it, I still struggle with my ego at times. My ego still says, nah, you know who I am and what I stand for and da-da-da-da-da. But then I was able to kind of take a little bit of feedback, take a little bit of a lens that someone else viewed me through. Yeah. Yeah. He viewed me through a power lens one. And I was like, oh, shit, that hurts. So then I went back and changed it. And now the whole experience is better. I'm happier. I, I, I told my clients, like, look, Thursday's the day you get Jeff to check in, coach. I'm going to be on the money all day. And I, I answer it. And I make yeah. sure when I go to bed, you know, I shut off my email at 6 p.m., Every, my inbox is completely empty and I clean up 30 minutes Friday morning. Sometimes you just got to go the extra step. You got to remember now as a coach, as a leader who's trying to gain influence to be able to wield power correctly, more and more people are sad, depressed, don't have people around them who believe in them. Your job is to lift them up. Our space is really changing more in that regard than it ever has before. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. So, so let's bring it home to strategies for client retention. Uh, you indicated some really good ones. I don't know if you even noticed this. You, you said it off the cuff. Um, 
you sent clients a loom video. Yep. Clients seeing your face. What? Oh my God. Yeah. Right. So whether you are responding to their check-in or you're sending them a reminder of their check-in or what I'll do is on a walk with my dogs, if one of my clients has sent me a DM, they'll get a video. I got a pup in one hand and they're, they know that I'm taking my time out of my 1030 non-negotiable to send them uh, like a heart to heart video about their question. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And so Loom is a on-screen thing, you know, basically it's a video device, you know, you have it, it's up on your bar. For a coach like me, I deal with a lot of like high, high, very complex cases. So I'll have hypoadrenalism, I'll have all these sorts of things. I can film myself on a whiteboard. I can film myself going over their information. They see my face, they see, they hear my vocal change. Da, 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 da. It sure as shit beats a 45-minute email where you're like, yay, I need you, blah, blah, blah. They hear it. They see it. It cuts your time down to two to five minutes of video. Yep. They're so happy. That's one hack that's worth everything. I think um, the other one is just following up with people. Yeah. I think that's okay. a Tell me more. Well, like the client check-in email one I said, but then sometimes just randomly just messaging people. Yes. Hey, how's it really going? You know, because we all understand, like, this is true. Pareto principle holds up. 20% of my clients are my studs and studettes on social media. That's my bread and butter. Yeah. The other 80% somewhere all over. And then 20%, let's be honest, we can identify as those who just really need help. And those people are the ones that I swear to God, if you, and yeah, anyway, if you just devote your time to them, they are referrals like you cannot believe because if you help her just lose 10 pounds, Janet will believe you forever that you're the person. And it is way better than training a bodybuilder who you can storm them through four years straight of first place victories. And the moment they get a second, you're fired and they're hiring honey. Right. Right. Okay. I like that. I like that strategy. So random reach outs. Um, one that I have noticed in 2021, automated billing. I don't like being the bookkeeper to my own business. It's why I mentioned I have an accountant and a financial advisor. There's something awkward about me saying, hey, is it cool if I send the Venmo through? Mm -mm. They're A, it takes away my power because now they know that I'm like a one-man show. No yep. bueno. Uh, two, it's not that professional. Uh, three, I'm better than that. I'm better than that. And when your coach has a system like Square or Stripe or Wave, it makes you more confident, right? Because who accepts those? Other professions, here's, right? Here's like my whole thing I can say to that. Everyone will argue, oh, well, uh, I have to pay these fees. Well, guess what? You're going to pay taxes and fees no matter what. So mm -hmm. you might as well just go get an extra client to pay for your damn fees and get over it. That's like, it. Yeah. professional. I agree with you. It is a game changer. When coaches are on Venmo, I'm like, why? I'm like, yeah. not, no, I don't have to claim it. I'm like, I wouldn't want to risk that. That's a hell of a thing to risk, but go for it. And I just feel like people, it, it takes you, Venmo's for friends. Venmo was designed with the idea, you and I went out to dinner. You can no longer say, oh, I'll get you next time. I forgot my wallet. Well, it's yeah. cool, baby. I'll get you right now. You We're know what? Up now. Yeah. 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 It wasn't designed to handle business bit to friends like we've managed to do it. Yeah. And people don't associate it as a professional thing. Yeah. Like, just being honest, that was a really yep. good point. What do you also what think is, about this one? I want your last one. 
What do you think about under about bending boundaries for client retention? Okay. That could, I mean, there's a Pandora's box behind it. Give me a boundary that I would bend. Okay. So say you, like I've seen this movement in a lot of the coaching with the packages going on. So you see a lot of different packages, a lot of different options. Some of them say you can only message you a couple of times a week. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like that that is a boundary that you should move if you feel like the client is potentially a retention issue or you stand your ground no matter what? See, I like to just say, hey, this is what I am. This is my cost and be done with it. I offer one price. So I was just curious, like what you thought about that in terms of Uh, because I have tears. Yeah. So my, I guess my boundaries bend, but not all the time. Like I don't do, if someone is a silver client, I typically don't reach out in between. But again, Jeff, my niche is the LGBTQ community with anxiety. If they're going through one of those dark holes, right? That those two weeks off, they're getting a phone call. Silver, gold, platinum. I don't care. Jamie Filer is calling you to check in on how you're doing. Now, real quick, before we go with our audience, how much is that paid off for you? Would you say in dollar amounts in five years or less? I mean, oh, I don't know if I could put a figure, but it's made the difference between not only people renewing, but people buying the three or six months up front when it comes time for their renewal instead of just the month to month. So when you sell packages, you're like, look, pick what's best for you now, but understand that I'm going to be here to serve you no matter what. That's how you do it, right? I just want to make sure because the fitness space get real crowded with all this like loud stuff. And I'm like, guys, dumb it down. Make the business simple. If the business is simple, it'll be fun to you. It'll be fun to your clients and you're going to retain people. It's when you make it really extravagant that no one cares. That is a perfect way to end it. Jeff Black, thank you so much as always. We do good together. Oh, wait, we know this. We know this. Ah. Matt loves us together because he just knows it'll get put out. I know. I'm seeing you again in like two weeks. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to Jeff Black again. Okay. You know what Um, we should do, though, is a a IG live, you and I talking about the 48 Laws of Power. Oh, totally. Do that one night when we're bored. Grab a bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, look for that to show up on on one of our Instagram platforms. That'd be fun time. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your gold nuggets. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it on your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, wherever. Also, make sure if you would like to keep these popping into your inbox every week that you're subscribed to us on your favorite um, podcast platform, Apple iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. We appreciate you. Follow at Jame91, at Trainer Revenue Multiplier, and at Jeff Unbreakable Black, baby. All right, guys. Have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you again so much for listening. Jeff, thank you, sir. Thank you, girl.